What's up, everybody? Uh, Luke here. I got one of my favorite players ever that I've ever played with. Uh, this is Victor Trujillo. Uh, Trujillo's a longtime friend. I played with him back at St. Francis out of Joliet uh, and also the Windy City Pride Days as well. Is that correct? Yeah, for a few years. Very good. So why don't you give everyone kind of a background of uh, who you are, where you played, what you've been through, uh, and we'll start We'll start like that. All right. Um, well, I guess if I go back to my roots, I started playing soccer back when I was about nine years old. Uh, so I was kind of a late a late oh, really? starter. Okay. If you would think a lot of people say, start, start at five, five six, you know, yeah. start with the, pre, the peewees or small, but I started very, very young. I mean, I started kind of later in the game and I actually started as a defender. Really? Like I, uh, yeah, I was always the tallest kid around. See, you're teaching team. me things that I don't even know. Yeah. So you started as a defender. Okay. As a defender, uh, one of the, just boot the ball out and run forward. So I was, you know, a little bit of running. But I think one, I could recall one particular game when I put, they put me as a forward and they scored three goals. And they're like, hey, I should just try this goal scoring <laughs> services. So um, after that, played mostly, it was just recreational league in Marquette Park. Um, that's where I started. Okay. And then little by little, they started uh, developing soccer a little bit more with the help of my father, actually, who was uh, helped me out with some ball skills and movements. And then uh, played through there and then started playing Colossa League, which was like very competitive mm-hmm. here in Chicago. So where exact, what neighborhood were you in? Did you start playing? Well, I grew up in Back of the Arts. Back of the Arts. Uh, which okay. is borderline with, um, with Englewood. But Englewood. then okay. I... Kind of migrated a little bit more to Marquette Park because it was a the bigger park. There sure. was like the actual league was there, and it was actually pretty good. We had some good uh, family friends that played around there. So gotcha. Um, yeah, so growing up there, like I said, met a lot of people. Played a lot of people starting off recreationally, then moved a little bit more competitive. I actually didn't start playing club till I was seventeen, eighteen, right before college. Right. Um, just more or less opportunities and. You know, there was not many clubs around, like, the Chicago inland area. It was more or less, like, in the suburbs, so. Gotcha. Um, then from that, I uh, played high school. Um, I did get a chance to, here and there, train with, like, the fire PDL or any of that, but it was just, like, one-offs. Gotcha. Um, but I still stuck with the high school and then ended up going to University of St. Francis, where I met you. Yeah. And then um, from there, just had some unfortunate series of events, dealing with injuries, and then eventually... Uh, now I didn't, wasn't able to finish my senior year, so then after that, uh, as of now, I just play here competitively, you know, national league, class size, found a lot of leagues all around Absolutely. Chicago. So. Yeah, probably every Hispanic league in Chicago <laughs> knows who Victor Trujillo yeah, is. Probably. I've gotten, gotten my name around in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> so. so let me ask you this. How did, uh, so Cole was our coach at St. Francis. How did... How did he find you? Were there other colleges interested in you? Like, how how was your college? How was getting into college? It was actually really interesting because I mean, coming in when I coming here from Mexico when I was five, I ended up my visa ended up being expiring, so okay, uh, I wasn't able to you know apply for residency. We did actually apply, but it was going to be a really long process. Okay, so going through high school, I always had the uncertainty of like. Am I going to be able to go to college? I don't have a valid social security. I'm still like considered an illegal right. alien. So it was be it would be difficult, but I knew that there was one out, you know, out way to do it and it was sports. It was being able to get a scholarship through sports it was going to get me to go to college. So so well, I think you touch on a good point there because I think there's a lot of kids that go through the same process that you've gone through yeah. that 
don't really know how to navigate the waters because of that situation, mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you give for kids like that that are are in those situations uh, in regards to like papers and mm-hmm. legality and mm-hmm. uncertainty in those regards? I mean, I think the biggest advice would be you got to use any available resource and exploit as much as you can from that source. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I luckily I was able to pick up soccer very fairly quickly, and I used it to my advantage. I knew that in in collegiate um, sports, there's a lot of you know opportunities of scholarships. Yeah. So that more or less than so if you get a scholarship from a school, it's like it's pretty much like whether you're technically legal or. Yeah. They'll take care of you. Yeah, they'll find a way to make it work. Yeah, because they're they're bringing in internationals. Yeah. anyway. Yeah, right. They're bringing players from all over the Europe, South America, Central America. So, um, yeah. So it was like I said, it was a, a great way for me to explore that opportunity. And I'm like, okay, well, they could bring someone from Europe, or they could just use me as a homegrown player. Yeah. So eventually, like I said, it it was it was uh, picking up soccer and just training hard and trying to get to. You know the next level besides enjoying it it's not it wasn't just the work and try to get to college it was enjoying this actual sport gotcha so yeah when i um i made all state in soccer my senior year i was all sectional junior year and i played for uh, the liso institute so it was like the catholic league but it was still very competitive i did get to play against lions township loyola all the kind of bigger names that yeah. you would say around the state of illinois but um it's good the high stumbled upon cole was there was uh, an all-state game that was held out in um I believe it was up a north, close to Rockford, a little bit more north. Um, and it was just a combine. It was a combine of all. St- it was an all state players. It was all high, state a high school combine. Yeah. Okay. So it was all state, and then um, so it was an all sectional game, and then it was an all state game where they just threw us left different positions, and then they had uh, different coaches come watch us play. Yeah. And one of them, which was Co. Cool. And initially, he talked to me after the game, and said he got my information. And then I talked to a few other coaches, and I actually did get interest from UIC, from Loyola, DePaul. Okay. But then what I actually ended up happening is actually kind of interesting was I ended up sending back like a mass email with like pretty much a description of my situation. Like this is my situation. I don't have residency. I'm looking for almost 100% to 90 100% scholarship. Um, yeah, I'm going to get some academic help, but I definitely need that you know that help from the from the soccer side. From the so soccer you knew side. exactly what you wanted, yeah. Basically, and you typed up something to try to get that a template, basically, mm-hmm. and then just sent it to all the coaches that yeah. were interested. Yeah, all the coaches that shot me emails and stuff like that. I was literally, or even through a phone call, I was like very upfront, transparent, transparent when yeah. it come down to the situation because there, there there was a difficulty in that in that time. It was still kind of early after nine eleven. Um, it was still like. There was a lot of changes in laws, so all the other friends that I knew that played even in you know community colleges needed like besides having like an ID from school, they would go through an additional background check. Some would even stay back in the airport and go through like immigrate like kind of like immigration or like a terrorist uh, like uh, you would say interview time like thing, t- things were really tight back yeah. then. So okay. it was yeah, so it was it was a little bit difficult in that sense. I knew like a lot of friends that weren't even allowed to travel to a different state at the moment. Gotcha. Um, so once I talked to that with coaches, they looked at their budget. They're like, okay, this player is going to be worth to me 15, 20, 25 grand, right. you know, from my from my budget. And I might have difficulties. He might not be traveled to a game or whatnot. So oh, a lot wow. of coaches, they were, were very straightforward. I mean, they're like, yeah, it's kind of difficult. 
for the amount of money they would spend on me, they could get two or three other players that already had the fast foul or any government help. So, um, gotcha. So I mean, I, I mean, I had a couple of still conversations, but I ended up. Uh, I really liked the way Cole talked. He had a he has a good way of presenting himself and talking about soccer and then his passion and um, yeah, what, he kind of wears similar backgrounds as well. Okay, um, being an immigrant, he came. And you know, I could relate to him. He could relate to me, the my parents' situation. So he was able to really be very open with me. So I was like, I definitely like that. That's incredible. Yeah, and That's then awesome. he didn't. You know, he sold me on the fact that me being a person that I always want to chase to change things or be different. He did sell the fact that St. Francis is a very small school. They had just had a terrible season. They had lost eleven to one in the game. And you can make an impact. And I could definitely be like, okay, if I go to this team in this university and you know with the team the, team, the type of players he's promising and bringing we could change the program around we can actually be that one that's going to be like you know this program it's not just a team that's going to go in there and get and sure enough yeah. that squad did it i mean i was part of it for a couple of years yeah. and then you guys went on and even did bigger and better things when i left yeah i mean he his plan worked pretty good yeah he actually got the ball moving uh i mean this last year they did pretty well as well but um I remember going in there and meeting everyone. Like a lot of people, I, I've only knew like one or two players that were going there. Yeah. But I hadn't, you know, growing up, I played in obviously with Hispanics, playing there yeah, here and there with some Caucasians, Europeans. But going in there and it was just a completely Brand mixed. New. It was literally, it was like literally we had Mexicans, we had you know, Europeans, Polish, we had, you know, Americans, we had, you know, all types of players. So it was really interesting learning and evolving with that type of soccer different than growing up. Absolutely. So, well, take me back. Um, you went through like a really tough time with your family. Yeah. When you were younger. Yeah. Talk talk to me about that. Yeah. So. How old were you? I was. It was actually four days after my sixteenth birthday, so I was still you were a 16? sophomore. I was okay. a sophomore in, in high school. Okay. And obviously, my brothers we were four years apart, so my sister was still, you know, sixth grade, and my brother was like in third grade. So it was like. Uh, so we were all fairly young and then uh, an incident happened where uh, some guy tried to rob my dad okay. and you know after we robbed him he, it was very early in the morning like at 5 a.m. in the morning he was on his way to work and he tried to you know rob him at gunpoint he, my dad gave him everything he wanted but uh, the guy was still wasn't it wasn't enough for him he wanted to go back into the house and you know take whatever we had but you know my dad was like I'm not gonna take you back into my house my family's there you know, I have my you know three younger you know drunk children, my wife. We have family members on the first floor. I'm like, this could turn into a massacre. Uh, the guy, the, as, when I talked to my dad about it, he said the Holy guy was shit. the guy was very whacked out in the head. Like he, you could just tell. He, he's like he can tell. He tell, and after he told him, look, I have kids at home. He literally said, I, you know, a couple weeks ago they just killed my daughter, so I really don't care about your family about anything. So as soon as he said that, my dad's like, you're not going to my house. So, and the way of the guy pushing him to take him back to the house, he tried to move around and slap the gun out of the way, and the guy just ended up shooting. And my dad said that the guy didn't mean to shoot. He was just scared at, the, at that moment, because at the moment, we were fighting for, you know, a weapon. Whoever gets the weapon is going to be the one that's going to end up surviving. So, the guy ended up shooting him and ended up hitting him across the head, through the ear, across the spine, of course. So, and then he ended up having, it's called C, C4 level and complete. Um, like a like a, just like a splinter off, but that was enough to make him a quadriplegic that he is now. So wow. that was a difficult 
it wasn't just difficult on me going, you know, still being 16 years old, being, you know, very, very young. I still have like, my young, younger brother and sister that were, you know, more dependent on him than I was at that moment. Right, so, right. You know, I was still, I was already growing up in a teenage age where I'm like, oh, I could do it on my own and stuff like that. But yeah. So I had to take the role of being, you would say, the man of the house or being sure. the older male in the house. Right. So, you know, it was it was difficult at first. It was, you know, three, it was like the first year was on and off the hospital. It was like two year, two months in the uh, emergency room pretty much being in um, intensive care. And then after that, it was like three or four months of, you know, nursing homes or yeah. he was in a nursing home by himself or moving around just more or less so he can recover and be able to, you know, speak again and be able to act normal again. So that's incredible. Uh, now he's able to just, you know, speak, breathe, yell, do everything that's at feet himself and, you know, pretty much have no movement underneath. Yeah. I mean, I saw him chest. a couple of weeks ago. He's, yeah. he's, he's doing well now. Yeah. yeah I mean, he can yell, good. which is, you know, <laughs> him and my brother are always arguing about something. So yeah. that's, that's an incredible story. So like this happens, you're 16 years old, like you're forced to kind of take responsibilities in certain situations that a normally a 16 year old wouldn't mm-hmm. have to do. Um, what kind of impact did that have on you, like, to get a scholarship or, let's say, did, did that have an impact on you to, like, find, a, like, a school, a scholarship or, or yeah, something along those lines? Yeah, it was definitely huge. Um, I knew that, you know, having one less source of income from a parent, I knew I'm like, I needed to, you know, definitely make it, be the first one, the role model for the family being. I had to make it, you know, somewhere or other. And I was always pretty pretty good at school. Yeah. I wasn't the most disciplined in school sometimes. I wasn't, you know, your study every day, you know, 6 to 10 p.m. or anything. That was more or less like I picked up easily on school. So I'm like, I need a, another way, another exit, another way for me to be able to, you know, get my scholarship, get my um, get my diploma, you know, be able to get a career going. Right. Uh, and, and at that moment, I was very hopeful where, yeah, even though I go through school, I get my scholarship, you know, eventually I'll be able to get a residency and be able to get a, a job. Right. right. Um, so I knew that I needed to, it was pretty much either you make it or you're going to be struggling for a long, long time. Wow. So it definitely gave me an extra little push seeing, you know, my brother, my sister, my dad in situation, my mom having to work so much. So growing up in a neighborhood like that, I'm like, we need to, I could be the outlet. I could be the one that, you know, gets everyone out and then, you know, you know, changes the course of, you know, the unfortunate events that we had. That's, that's, incre- that's incredible. So definitely, like I said, it was difficult at first because. You know, you had to, there was difficult training, difficult getting places. I had no, like, no parent to drive me to games or stuff like that. So, um, I had to learn how to drive at 16. So, then I was, you know, so I remember driving sometimes all the way, uh, either through the fires. We used to train once or twice all the way back, really, really north or any, anywhere that we go. I had to drive and I was 16, 17. So, it was like, you know, I was still having no license to be able to drive. Even if, if I was here, I would need to get a permit from you know, taking the classes. So, oh my God. Uh, so it was, it was difficult, but, um, you know, there was always, there's always, a, it was always a way around. I know a door Fine. closed and a door will open all the time. That's incredible. Yeah. So, and I think it was more or less more difficult on my brother and my sister does well, but my brother, because he was, he was, you know, eight years old and he was, he was killing it on the field. Really? He, everybody, everyone that I knew growing up, you know, they thought that I was a good player, but they would say this kid, was gonna surpass you, like your easily. brother. Yeah, wow. like easily, he could shoot with both legs. My my dad was an NBA shooter. He could shoot with, shoot better with his left than with his right. He shoots gotcha. free kicks with his left. And he was righty. 
Um, and so your brother was like that. Yeah, and he was you know, a quick little guy. He was smart. He was eight. He was scoring five, six, seven goals in any competition he would go. Yeah. But after the incident, you know, it was difficult for him to... I would take him to his games, but he lost, like, motivation. And he wanted to be more at home or on my dad. And it was more or less like he... So it had lost. an impact on him. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely, like, the, the, the person, I think, in the family that had the biggest impact. Yeah, my life changed. My sister's life changed. My mom's life dramatically changed. But yeah. him being the youngest one and not being able to cope things with stuff like that. Yeah. It was like, you know, it, it changed his way, at least in terms of sports or anything that had to do with, you know, what ambition he had. Because he actually, he only had me as a role model in playing soccer. And I was still a young kid. Yeah. But having someone like a father that's teaching you you know, skills or teaching you, you know, touches or, or one out talking to you about it, it was a little bit difficult. So. Right, right. Yeah. So you, you go to St. Francis, you start tearing up the soccer field at St. Francis. Yeah. Freshman year, sophomore year. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was a, I would say it was a definitely a culture shock for me. Like I said, growing up in, you would say unorganized soccer. You grow up being, you know, doing your thing. Everybody gets the ball. Everybody's gonna dribble. Everyone's <laughs> gonna get their Megan. Everyone's gonna. Everyone's gonna have to do something flashy. So it was a culture shock for me because I was used to playing against other people that would try to do that to me, and then going to college, playing against that. No, they're not gonna do one, two, or three roulettes or touch the ball ten times. They're gonna get the ball, two touches, and take off. Yeah. So I had to definitely change my my view of the game and. Uh, luckily, like I said, the transition was, you know, helped me out a lot with Cole and literally being thrown into the pit right away. Yeah. Like where, yeah, I could take on uh, two or three players, but if I don't pass the ball by the third, my legs are going to be shot. Yeah. And, you know, and so I needed to adapt my game a little bit more. But I think what the beauty of was, was that Cole still allowed me to be my myself. Yeah. Like, Victor, you know, I know, you know, you know what you need to do. You just give me a little bit of this extra. Yeah. So freshman year, like I said, we had... We, we, I think we had a great team. Yeah. Everybody right away started, you know, getting along with we each other. We were hungry. Yeah, we were very, we were very in there. I remember the, our biggest W was against um, IIT freshman yeah. year. At home. At home. Yeah. 2-1. I think I scored the second goal. I don't I think it's just the first one, but the goal. I still remember it like very, very vivid to this day where I got the ball in the corner of the box. We were, we were attacking north at the corner of the box, and I just took on like three people, and it was just like, I don't know, it's at that moment where you're just like in the zone and then you forget what you actually did at the moment where you just, I maneuver around three people, took a shot first post, 2-1, and I remember Cole was like super excited. Like he even <laughs> hugged me, I think. We went into the, and it was just like, he showed emotions that not before. I'm like, what this team has. I think up until that point, it was not, St. Francis isn't supposed to beat IIT, let alone score on IIT. Yeah. And we were yeah. right in the mix there. Yeah, the game. I mean, last year the game was eleven to one, and they were laughing during halftime. And it was the and year prior. Yeah, year prior. I remember Cole said that it was it hurt his pride so much that losing eight one, and they were like laughing and like you know you know relaxing, and his team was just defeated. And he's like, so going up back next year with you know a new approach, a new new team, new players, and beat them two to one. It's huge. Uh, he was. He said it was like completely different from him. So that's incredible. Those little moments. Yeah, those little moments that you know people might forget about, but are like, wow, it's like, you know, it's it's, you know, it's a memory that people are never gonna forget. So freshman year, sophomore year, I know it's junior and senior year definitely, but freshman sophomore year, were you recognized as like one of the best players in the conference? I would say little by little, I, my name snuck up up uh, up in, into the talks that the coaches had. Okay. I know Cole would mention it here and there, but. 
he would say in order, in order for me to give me like some confidence I'm like hey you know you're doing it good but at the you same time he's like push through and people are looking at you and just you know keep doing that and give me a little more right I know he mentioned a couple of times they had meetings on you know if, if even freshman year I think I made second team all conference or first team all conference I can't recall um, but he did mention he's like you know they're talking about you or even when I would play St. Xavier or other teams that would say Hey, you know, they, they're talking about marking you up. Some of my friends would tell me, I don't know why they're talking about you, but they said, watch out for summer 17. Because you had yeah. some friends playing maybe yeah. at like IIT or something? I had friends, a friend at IIT, a friend at Robert Morris, Robert Morris. and St. Xavier. Saint so okay. I grew up with all these kids and, you know, they'd seen me play, but they had not seen me play in college level. Okay. Where, you know, I think we can agree that it's a completely different game anywhere else from rack, from pickup, from even competitive you know, you would say state cup. It's like a different game for college. Um, so they said, you know, they said watch out for you. So I ended up, uh, you know, taking off pretty well. Like I said, it was it was a different. It was a different shot because it was it was it asked me more of my condition wise. Like you know, we had the six a.m. practices. You know, class at eight a.m. and then still you know try to you know keep up and go to the gym or working out or still trying to stay in shape. But yeah. Um, yeah, I was I guess I was rec- it was able to recognize with some by some teams and then you know Cole gave me the confidence of you know keep doing what you're doing and you know you keep going. Yeah. And then sophomore year, and freshman year, I think I kind of blew up a little bit. And sophomore year, flat line, I would say um, teams picked up on our I would say in our the strategy. way we played strategy, yeah. Yeah. the way I played, you know, um, and I needed to change the game a little bit more again. Then again, yeah, coming into junior year, right. Um, which sophomore year we kind of were shaking. We also did we did so well freshman year that sophomore year we had like harder games. You know we had some more travel. We ended up going to I think it was North Carolina. We ended up going. Yeah, we weren't like, uh, sophomore year. We weren't really able to catch teams by surprise. I think yeah. like we did freshman year. Yeah, you know sophomore yeah. year. I think they knew what to expect. They knew we had a good squad, so it was a little bit tougher going into games. Yeah. Um, but junior year, yeah, you guys did really well. Yeah, junior year. I mean. Because I, I left sophomore year. Junior year, you guys did, like, yeah. really well. Which I, I felt like junior year was where individually I blew up, but the team as well. Yeah, so I, I think they just needed me to get off the team, and then you guys could uh, <laughs> no. be on your merry way. Actually, I really do wish you would have stayed. You were stuck around for for the team. I, I needed someone uh, someone with a little bit of that different hunger and mentality that he had. So, But tell me about, like, that time, because it, it must have been awesome. I think... I think it was just like the right mixture of everyone wanting the same thing. Because um, I feel like throughout freshman and sophomore year, we did have like those players that, hey, yeah, they wanted to have to experience the college life. Uh-huh. Like you go in freshman year, sophomore year, there's a party, there's, you know, you know, there's either, you know, skip class, skip practice, do this, this and that. Yeah. All the activities as you, you're, you know, not just if you think about it, it's not just your soccer career; it's just your personal life changing right. as well. Right, you're free on your own now. You don't have parents supervising you. You know, like a lot of people are still don't understand. Oh yeah, we should go to practice, or I should try hard. No, I'm gonna be tired later on. I won't be able to go out or whatever. So, yeah. freshman sophomore year, it was like a little bit of lack of discipline, I would say. Yeah, and ironically, that's primarily the reason why I left. Yeah, is because there's a good group of kids on the team that weren't heart and soul into soccer or into the team yeah. that like I wanted it to be yeah. you know and like you wanted it to be yeah. you know but so you're telling me jun- so junior year that changed 
Yeah, junior year, I felt like everyone just, most of everyone mature. Yeah. Like, we literally um, started, you know, preseason. And, and I individually, I had, you know, more a little bit more exposure to playing higher, higher um, I would say, higher competition in Calasa or... I got we got to go to Arizona and you know started playing with Wind City Pride freshman year so I started getting a little bit more exposure to that more competitive higher intensity soccer right and along with you know the rest of the team everybody matured everybody you know let's just have a good preseason started playing well Cole definitely had every set piece every position kind of had like two or three players that were competing for each other because that's definitely key like you want people competing for position yeah like you know you want the best of the best and people to try their best yeah so. Um, we did have a couple of new acquisitions when it come, came down to players freshman, sophomore year that knew that hunger that we had. Yeah. And we had already the older guys that wanted to take off. And you guys, did you guys go to the national tournament that year? No, we actually, <laughs> the highest that we got to go was we, well, we were nationally ranked at one point. Okay. We were undefeated for like the first eight, nine games. And, you know, we were killing it. We had a lot of upsets, a lot of, you know, good games. Uh, I remember the first game that we lost was I believe was against Indiana Wesleyan um, and that was like a kind of turning point in our in our season but still you know we took a loss for there and then we went to go lose against I believe it was um, something with Crystal but we they beat us really badly and that woke us up you know we were getting too confident we're like oh we're ranked in the nation we're ranked at the like 36 32 in the nation or something. And that's huge and, for and St. That Francis. For St. Francis to be ever ranked, that was really, really huge. Yeah. Um, never, in, I don't think, I don't know when the last time in their history was when they were ranked. Yeah. And we were doing really well, even myself individually. I had, uh, I was ranked maybe like second or third in top score in, like in the country. So wow. we are doing, like we were killing it. Yeah. We were, you know, lead goal scorer. I think I was nominated two or three times. You were for, on the map. Yeah, as uh, Co would put it. I would put it, yeah. There was a two, three times I was nationally player of the week, or at least like honorably mentioned. So, you know, we're doing well, and um, despite being really ranked and stuff like that, and then we got you know shot down. We went back up, and we're like, you know, we need to get back in our game. Yeah. So, how'd you guys so, end the season? We ended up losing in the semifinal for the conference, and it was against Judson University. I remember we lost two to one, um, which was a very just crappy games where it's just like. We had the chances, we missed, and they just put away, like, scrappy goals. Wow. It was one of those games where you're just, like, you're doing everything well. They score some scrappy goals. You yeah. can't score the scrappy ones. You can't score the nice ones. Yeah. And then there's beating 2-1. to one. Wow. I remember they ended up taking the conference tournament. They won the championship and ended up going to, I think they went top eight or something like that in the gotcha. edition that day. So. so they had a pretty good squad as well, huh? Yeah, they had a pretty, it was actually pretty good. It was, like... A lot of old, it, it helped out with them that had older individuals. They had a lot of over, you know, since there was no age cap and, you know, NIA. It was all of us were maybe at the under 23, 24 years old. Yeah. They and had they had like some 27, almost 30 year old that, you know, you can tell the maturity level. Gotcha. Was, it was completely different. Gotcha. So it was, it was a good year. So um, junior year, you guys do pretty well. Senior year, you get injured. How'd yeah. that happen? Senior year was pretty it was pretty bad it was uh we started the the preseason and I remember just one play there was I was just weird I was just exhausted and even and Cole was right even say that you you look like you were gonna get hurt in the play I was exhausted we had ran five miles um through preseason we were just scrimmaging and I was a little bit on the lazier side and in one of the plays I went up for a header and I kind of like stepped wrong and I just my knee just gave in 
And when you came down, when, when I you came landed, down, yeah, when I landed, that's exactly how I did mine. And at the moment, you know, me being who I am, I'm like, in where, where I grew up with minor injuries, I'm like, I just need a massage. Yeah, <laughs> you know, massage some Epsom water and salt. Let's the good going. old Mexican treatment. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the treatment that Mexicans do get Epsom salt. You know, get a quick a little massage, give it a month. I report Voila. you're good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. So you so you, you did the treatment that I, it didn't work. I huh? did the treatment, uh like was swollen huge. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not feeling any better. It would start I'll play start playing again and my knee I felt like my knee was very weak. I was even pumping gas. My knee would just give away sometimes or Okay. Uh, you know, I was you know, practice. So I you're pumping feel. gas and your knee was giving out. Yeah. So you knew something was wrong. Yeah, I knew something was wrong. I mean, I knew it. I just didn't want to accept it. Gotcha. So eventually, ended up going to, you know, trainers. I'm like, hey, I need definitely need an MRI. In like two weeks, got an MRI. They're like torn ACL, out for the season. Uh, I didn't even get to play that senior. I literally got to play maybe not even a game. It was like before. That's it. So yeah. That's it. So Holy surgery. Now I used to went to the games and my cast and everything. When I got surgery right away, um, jeez. But being the person I am, I'm like I need to get back on the field as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. Skipped through therapy six months in. Went to go play. Popped it again. No then, way. Then, yeah, same like, knee. Same knee. Well, actually, I started playing six months and I started playing little by little. Yeah. But then we started back in college and I still didn't feel strong enough. And I started wearing the big brace that they gave you, which was really annoying. Yeah. Killed it the first five games. So it was already my senior year, but um, we had kind of like a good squad. And played five games, had five, no, six six games, had six goals. So you redshirted your senior year? I redshirted senior And then you were able to play? play the next year. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So my senior when I'm actually playing, because I stayed the extra semester, they usually they give you the tenth semester for you know Scottish pursuits to cover it. Got so it. I stayed to play, and six games in I tore again, um, and it was all pure lack of preparation by me. No wow. physical therapy. Just start playing again, running, playing. No knee way. wasn't strong, leg wasn't strong. I was just I didn't recover. Wow. Like I needed to be, uh, and then like I said, played six did, games, had did, six goals. Okay. Okay. Got hurt against Calumet, and again, same play, jump to block a ball, landed on my knee, gave away in again, boom, that's it, game. it was that in my college season. Oh my gosh. And career for sure, because after six games in, you can't register it again. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, after that, it was, it was like, I supported the team still, but they struggled because, you know, Cole had that trust in me since freshman, sophomore year to keep me as a striker. So as soon as I, it was just actually really funny that six, play six games, score six goals, ended up top scorer in the team, <laughs> because I ended up getting a plaque saying I was the most offensive player of the game of the team. And you sat on this bench. And I sat on the bench for the remainder season. of the thirteen games. Wow. We didn't get someone else to come in and score goals because it was you know it's not it wasn't as easy. But that's crazy. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this, because I think a lot of the audience will, uh, or hopefully some of the audience that come from situations that you came from uh, can resonate with this. What what advice do you have for kids that maybe grow up in the city and let's say their family don't have, they don't have the funds to get them into the Chicago Fire Juniors or the Chicago Magics or maybe you know some of these top local clubs mm-hmm. they don't have the funds to get them in there to get them used to competitive soccer 
how do how do young kids stay motivated to just to 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 keep playing and to have that vision to play co- like college or pro and that type of stuff? I honestly think it's um, similar situations as with me or kids that grew up in the city or that don't see that type of exposure or competitiveness. I think they need to take advantage of any little opportunity they do get or any type of. I know now in comparison to before. There's a lot of academies that are, that are growing. There's a lot of uh, people that, you know, they do see the value. And, yeah, I might spend two, three hundred, four hundred bucks a year on my son. But what I need to see is the kids being, as well as the parents, they need to see that it's really an investment in the future. Okay. Um, I know I know a lot of kids, that are, uh, a lot of younger kids that I know right now, they ask me the same questions. Like, hey, like what I tell my son. What, I, what can I do to kind of follow the same career path? And what do you say? And you I them? literally tell them, you really need to invest in your in your kids, um, in your kids' future, and you need to guide them and always be supportive of him. Right. Um, I know a lot of kids that, you know, have the parents do pay the, you know, 1200 bucks at fire or the 500 bucks in any other loca- any other place. And, you know, you would get similar quality in, in other academies. Um, but what's important is that they do have that investment because it, it does it does make a difference. Okay. Um, it does make a difference to you do the training, you know, with someone that has experience, that someone has been through before. Mm-hmm. You do have um, a lot of benefit from playing, you know, with different type of you would say a race or different type of type of players, competitiveness. Okay. So the parents are a little bit more supportive and says like, yeah, it's gonna hurt me a little bit to pay my kid to be in, you know, play for the state cup, play uh-huh. for this, but. Most of them are end up being, might be able to get a scholarship. You know, do you want to pay five hundred bucks a year for you know a couple of years and the kid eventually develop his own skills and be yeah. able to you know be a great player and get uh-huh. and rewards not be able to pay his college. Uh-huh. You know, get a twenty five thirty thousand scholarship, uh-huh. or do you want to let the kid be on his own and not support him? Right. And, and one of the things I I think too, tryouts. Yeah. Academy tryouts, not not even like, not even with the sole purpose of making the team, but maybe just for experience, so that the kid can kind of taste on like what that level mm-hmm. is to get to. So when he does go back and play at Marquette Park and this and that, he has something to benchmark and look forward to, it's, right? And he can he can p- put that training in mm-hmm. at Marquette Park, whatever league he's playing in. Yeah. Knowing what the competition and what style, what kind of a player he needs to be to, to make it at that next level. Yeah, it's about having learning where you stand in the grand scheme of soccer. Yeah. You, yes. could, you could be your superstar at Marquette, your superstar in this league, but then you look to the right and you see State Cup, you see National Cup, you see Open Cup. You see professional players, yeah. you see college players. Yeah. And where do you stand in that? In that list, are you one of the better? You just want to be the better player with the lower leagues, or do you want to be an average player with this team? Or you know, you can you make it? Per, right. You, and I don't know if you've done this, but just go to a, an academy tryout. Go to a club tryout. Taste what the kids have to, you know, mm-hmm. are playing. What the level of play is there, and then also the coaches can get some eyes on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I got the chance, like I said, when I was. Here and there with the fire, and I got to know. I'm like, man, this is a completely different game. Yeah. Um, I got to try out. 
actually when I was younger, I, I didn't get, I got the, the opportunity, but I didn't take up on it. And it was just mainly because, you know, residency level status. I, I was, I was actually scouted to go play, um, to try out in Mexico. Okay. Um, one of the, one of the, they had a scout that came here for a tournament and he gave me the opportunity. Like, look, you're a good player. You're tall. You're only 16 years old, 17. Um, I can take you to Mexico and I can build you and put you in a team and you'll develop and I can make you go pro. And he's like, and I believe in you. But at the moment, you know, we the situation that I was in with my parents, I'm like, I couldn't leave them and abandon them. Even for it was, even if it was my dream. Yeah. I'm like, I need to be more conscious of the situation. Practical with the situation. Yeah. yeah. So it, it gave me, it gave me the idea where I stood in, the, in, in, in soccer and the level, but I still, you know, having a little trial with the fire that I went to was still, you know, it gave me another slap to reality where I'm like, oh man, I need to work on this. Yeah. I need to go back to drawing boards and like, you know, do more sprints, you know, touch the ball better. One time, two giving, time, like, giving you that it, motivation. Yeah, that's like, what I'm talking about. Yeah. It gave me that. It gave me more or less that fuel. Man, I showed up, and then those kids completely owned me. Yeah, you or know? maybe like I was right there, or mm-hmm. I, I knowing that you can be just as good as them. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just, it was just like I need better training. I need better, I need better diet. I need better, you know, motivation. I need better discipline. I need better this. So it was just a little bit of like. Things that were opening up to me that that I'm not used to, all the eye opening that I have that I wasn't used to. Right. Growing up in the comfort zone, where like playing in the alley in the city, yeah. playing in Marquette Park, you're happy. You're just happy that you're playing on turf. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, this is you know. Oh, now you completely change it. You're playing on turf against the guys that could run a forty in you know four point five or five seconds, and you you know you never really done it or stuff like that. So sure, um, yeah, definitely. A lot of fuel that you get from you know that type of tryouts and stuff like that and you know kids i think what they need to see is they need to be able to challenge themselves more uh-huh it's easy to go play in the alley and score a goal and you know be happy go home happy but it's not easy to score in a state cup game and a playoff game and a final or whatnot right um and, all, that's, and where the, that's the difference and to get to that level like i said it, people ask me you know about soccer at the time like Messi Ronaldo I'm like no one reason why I admire Ronaldo was because his hard work he's just it's literally the definition of yeah I'm good yeah I have physical attributes but without the hard work that huge hard work in between yeah you're just gonna be another tall lengthy soccer player that was okay right you know right that didn't that was you know a, you know an average player you're yeah. not, not gonna get much out of soccer yeah in that in that sense. Well, so. you know I'm a Messi fan, so yeah. we we won't get into that into that <laughs> yeah. debate today. But, yeah, that's uh, definitely true. But um, Victor Trujillo, thanks for coming, man. Welcome. That's I a good story. I appreciate you being on board. And uh, so, if you give three pieces of advice, just three pieces of advice for inner city kids that want to make it to the top, what are your top three based off of your experience, your uh, uh, situations? your perspectives, what are your top three pieces of advice? I think I'll start with definitely the main one, which was dream. Dream big. Dream big. Um, Don't stop the, dreaming. Yeah, the world, the world is there. The opportunities are there. You know, get motivated, dream big. I grew up watching video, video, uh, YouTube videos of Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldinho, uh, everyone, and I'm like, I need to learn how to do this. I need to learn that. So it's always having... That dream, that vision, that vision of like this, I, I I can see myself there. Yes, and from there is net like from the second part of my advice is 
from the dream be hungry yeah you have to be hungry for what you want you have to be hungry for that scoring that goal you have to be hungry for yeah i'm gonna take on this guy yeah um be hungry for doing things that you you don't think you're gonna be able to do yeah like you know try them you have to try them be like be you know we have to be able to not be afraid of trying anything yes and i think the third one i think that my last one is is definitely has to be is enjoy the enjoy the moment yeah. enjoy the enjoy the process you know me being 20 you know 27 now i'm you know i did enjoy my times in high school soccer or college soccer but i think a lot of people don't understand that in a second you're going to be looking at back at high school yeah you're going to be looking back at, at club soccer i'm sure you to this day you probably sit there and reminisce and like man i I miss that Friday night games. Yeah, you know, when in high school. Yeah. So and and enjoying every enjoying what you're doing, it's gonna give you a bigger reward than just scoring a goal and saying, "Hey, I'm happy." Yeah. No, I'm like, you score a goal, you enjoy it, you live it, you memorize it, yeah. you dream it again, you work for it again, and then you enjoy it again, and it's just a repetitive cycle. And like I said, after two surgeries, I could have quit soccer, but all the memories that I have in my head. Of what I did and what I can do and what I could want to do still, yeah, it, it keeps you going. Yeah, and you have you have those three components when it comes down to soccer. This, you know, you you'll have the hunger for skill. Yeah. you have the dream for skill. All that, you know, you just have to keep working on it. Yeah. So, it's definitely the three things that kept me going and still keeps me going to this day. So, Victor, thank brother. you, brother. Thank Take you care of me. Definitely looking forward to helping out Very whatever good. we can. That's it for today. Oh, <laughs>